It's Wednesday on Milk the Clock podcast. We want to just set this up real quick. We have Lee Steinberg coming in. Uh, it's been a busy week. Paul, you're there in Omaha, correct? That's right. Milking the clock. Milk the clock. Everybody is, uh, people are starting to figure out this podcast thing is legit. We've had, uh, we've had, uh, yesterday was Kyle and Samantha Bush, and they were fun, right? They were a lot of fun. I mean, like you said on the, the BC post, um, you know, hate on them all you want. They're fun. Yeah, that's the key is we're trying to keep this fun. And on SoundCloud, I said these are the interviews – or actually on our Twitter bio for Milk the Clock podcast. I said these are the interviews you didn't realize you wanted to hear but you want to hear. <laughs> that's absolutely true. I mean I think that was evident in our uh, interview with Gabrielle Reese as well. Um, she was down for some co-ed beach volleyball once a week at the bar. All right. So Lee Steinberg, give me your, give me your uh, background on Lee Steinberg. People out, out there haven't heard the name in a long time. What's, uh, what's your bio on him? He is the super agent. We've heard the term a lot in the last 20 years. He was the first one and he's most noted probably in popular culture for, uh, the entire Jerry Maguire movie being named after him starring tom cruise cruise <laughs> and uh who was it it wasn't omar gooding it was cuba gooding jr cuba gooding jr uh and then and then lee has we're, we need to ask him what happened because at some point lee falls off the face of the nfl uh world and he's back now and he had car which which quarterback did he have he had the quarterback that went to um the broncos went, uh, went to Bronx. paxton lynch Paxton yeah. Lynch. So right. Paxton Lynch goes out to uh, Denver, and Lee Steinberg is hot again. So uh, he's coming in to talk about um, talk about that, and he has an agent academy that he's got coming up where people can go and learn from the legend. So right, not an not an Asian academy agent agent, agent for any of the listeners that that missed yeah. it. Agent academy. He won't so. help you be more Asian. He can't do anything about that. I wonder how glamorous it really is to be an agent in the NFL. That's probably the assumption, isn't it? That it's glamorous? Yeah, that it's just nonstop glamour. I assume these guys work constantly, and I don't want to get these questions out there too quick. I want, I want Lee to address all this. So, so I'm going to write yeah. that down. I'm going to write that one down. How glamorous is this lifestyle? Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to know uh, – I also want to know what the relationship is like with other super agents. In a, the prior podcast where you dropped the Steinberg bomb as a potentiality, that was one of the things I mentioned. You know, what are these relationships like? Where do you, are they cordial all the time and they're competitors? But there's, it's rarefied air. There's only so many guys and probably even some women at this point at that level of the game. And how long do you want to keep at the game, right? Right. I mean, when do you get sick of it like Dale Earnhardt Jr.? Uh, don't go NASCAR. You no, always, we're not going NASCAR. You always want to go got NASCAR. Some early, got some early feedback on uh, NASCAR from Monday. We're not. We're not going to be talking about NASCAR for All right, a while. Good. Stop using that word. Uh, Lee Steinberg. <laughs> background. Uh, 41, 41 year career. He's sixty seven years old. Um, he has the book The Agent: My Forty Year Career Making Deals and Changing the Game. He's a Cal Berkeley grad. And uh, that pretty much tells you 300 athletes that he's represented. Wow. Um, I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, so Lee Steinberg, any question you ever had about being, a, being, being an agent, 
he's the guy. So, so we'll talk to him. And uh, so, just the Bosa background. Everybody knows that Joey. Bo- well, we we've addressed this this week. Joey Bosa wants his bonuses up front, and I'm curious from uh, from Steinberg whether this is something that is going to be the the gold standard going forward is to get your bonuses up front. And what does it really mean to get your bonuses up front? So if you don't, and as a guy, sorry, go ahead, Joe. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious if you don't hit your, uh, bonuses, do you just pay the money back? How's this all work? Great questions. And, and asking Steinberg, or like Lee Steinberg, that question is great because he's mastered the craft, you know? I mean, he's been doing this for 41 years. Like he just said, is he sort of sitting back watching the mistakes that these younger agents are making because he's already covered that ground 20 years ago? I mean, what's it like to have the bird's eye from his perspective on these type of uh, negotiations? Here's another thing about Steinberg is he is extremely active on Twitter. Is he really? He has 8,600 tweets. So wow. he, he actually he's actually putting in a lot of work. Does it look like there's an intern doing it? No, actually, he. It looks like he retweets things that of are of interest. I of hope value. This, I, you know what? Ask him. Is are you yeah. actually running it? I want to know. <laughs> I'd love to know. Because how, how could he be? I mean, unless it's set up to you know through some auto tweet. Dude, that guy's got to be so busy. I know what my inbox looks like. You know what your inbox looks like on a daily basis. Imagine Lee Steinberg. Uh, I couldn't imagine any of these agents. Multiple phones. Let's ask him how many phones does he have. How many burner? How many burner phones does you he ask, have? You ask that. <laughs> I'll leave that one to you. So and there, does Mrs. Steinberg know all the numbers? Is there a Mrs. Steinberg? Does it say? I. You know what? I don't know. If you don't we'll know, stay away you from that. Shouldn't ask. We'll stay away from that. So I'm going in with how many phones and uh, tell me about this glamorous lifestyle. So you'll hear those questions. Um, Love that. So we're waiting on Lee to uh, join us. And, uh, you know, I heard the one big thing today was uh, my Bengals uh, cornerback, the number one draft pick, out, mm-hmm. torn pectoral. Who did it? Uh, I assume it was in camp. Did he take an Andy Dalton rope off the chest? Uh, you know what? I, I'm afraid to even look this at, look at this. Don't. Don't. You'll I'm, get all upset no, I'm going pre-interview. To. I'm going Pre-Lee. To. Don't All do right. it pre-league. William, Jeff- William Jackson, out indefinitely today. That's not a season ender. Torn pectoral. Ooh, that's a season ender. Torn pectoral muscle. That would hurt. First round draft pick, done. Who do you blame? Done. Uh, Who you gets got, the blame? You, you have to blame uh, Andy Dalton. He Six, just threw a laser? Yeah, he probably hurt him. Hurt him somehow. Six-foot corner out of Houston stinks done sucks wow so now pac-man jones gonna have to start uh yeah i mean he's still there he's still there he's well paid yeah so hopefully hopefully there aren't um hopefully, resurgent year yeah not looking uh not looking good early for the Bengals. so that stinks what uh what else are you seeing in the uh, nfl anything anything popping up I, for some reason, our just that that exchange we had reminded me of Cedric Benson. Is that guy still living in and around Cincinnati? Uh, Do you remember the no, Cedric he, Benson years? No, he went back to Texas, and he'll get arrested every now and then. So, uh, oh, speaking of getting arrested, last night I watched the uh, Dwight Gooden doc, uh, Daryl Strawberry documentary, Thirty for Thirty. Have right. you seen that doc, Daryl, appropriately titled? 
Uh, no, I, I very briefly I saw just a tiny little bit about it. Was it good? It was. It was good, but it was a downer. Downer. It was a downer. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they were on greenies, but it was a downer. Uh, yeah, because not neither of them really put their life back together, right? Strawberry did, or has. Yeah. But, but Doc wasn't looking good. <laughs> uh, yeah. I. You know what? I did hear a subject that would be good to ask Lee Steinberg is pot smoking in the NFL. And ESPN was doing a thing today where they were asking athletes whether they thought it was smart to smoke pot. So here, uh, how uh, this call is not coming in. Thank you so much. Go ahead, Paul. Hello. Hey, uh, we really appreciate the time today. It's great to speak with you. Um, first off, we want to know about the Agent Academy. Joe and I are in our mid-30s, and we're thinking about starting a career in, uh, in, as an agent. Is this our oh, first come step? On, come on down. Um, <laughs> we're deluged with requests from students or people who are out working who want to be sports professionals and most specifically agents. And people can go to business school and law school or sports management, and essentially they teach principles, but not real-world skill sets. And so we've done a series of agent academies with the hope of trying to train a new idealistic uh, generation of ethical sports professionals, especially agents, who know how to negotiate, recruit, do branding, marketing, um, understand social media, who have a sense of how to set up a charitable or community foundation, damage control, and we're doing the next one in New York on August 20th and after that Atlanta, but we've done these across the country, getting uh, young people up and and jump-started in their career. As far as the the branding angle that that you mentioned, um, as many of our listeners know and everyone essentially knows, uh, you're the inspiration for the movie Jerry Maguire. Initially, how did that impact your business? And as the you know as time has passed, the years have gone by. What's been the lasting impact? Well, first of all, uh, Cameron Crowe, the director, followed me around for a couple of years, and I told him stories, lots and lots of stories. He went to. Uh, the NFL draft and and when I marched a player around in free agency at the league meetings to games to Super Bowl parties, um, it uh, immediately started a <laughs> trend where I couldn't walk through an airport or any public place without someone running up to me <laughs> and and either asking me to say or saying to me those four words that start <laughs> the show. <laughs> and, um, so it it had a, a dynamic impact. I think it also humanized agents for the first time for many people. But um, this is the 20-year anniversary. It continues to be played on all sorts of uh, television around the world. So um, it's had a continuing impact. Uh, Lee, do do you get the impression that a lot of people that want to become agents they they want to become agents because of a glamorous they perceive to be a glamorous lifestyle? Oh, absolutely. So they'll uh, might watch me on television or see Jerry Maguire or watch a signing and perceive that as as we all do <laughs> toward a glamorization of of uh, what actually is uh, 
a, a job which has uh, ranges from the sublime to the mundane. And uh, so what you're trying to do is give a real sense for um, getting to know an athlete, being able to draw him out so, or her out so that uh, you understand their deepest anxieties and fears and greatest hopes and dreams, talking through the concept of role modeling, how if you have an athlete retrace their roots and go back to the high school collegiate professional community, set up charitable um, and community uh, projects, it, it allows an athlete to um, have a high school home, a collegiate home, so it's scholarship funds at the high school level. It's scholarship funds like Troy Aikman or Kerry Collins or Edwin James at the collegiate level and charitable foundations. Um, so the whole key is to prepare an athlete for life, for second career, for uh, uh, a fulfilling life after sports as well as being successful within it. Just on the agency side, you know, you mentioned the connections that's necessary with your clients. What's the relationship like with other super agents, so to speak, a term that you get credit for, uh, you know, coining in a sense? What's the relationship like with David Falk or, or some of those other guys that are essentially your competitors? Well, David uh, and I are real friendly, so at that level, it's fine. Uh, the problem is that... Um, Agents ought to be collegial. They ought to be each other's best friends because there are plenty of athletes. Unfortunately, it's not that way. And very akin to what you just see in presidential politics, most agents recruit negatively. Um, I didn't want my wife to marry me because I convinced her that all of the men were devils, right? So <laughs> the right way to do it is to extol your own virtues. Unfortunately, that doesn't quite get across, and it, it um, leads to a business where it's very, very difficult to have friends. I try to help um, younger agents uh, all I can, but it, it, you know, people are competitive. There's petty jealousy, so I'd like to see that change. Lee, I have a question about, I know Joey Bosa is not your client, but what is the situation with him and the Chargers? It's about bonuses? Um, so it's interesting. For the very first time, the whole pattern since 2011 of negotiating contracts for rookies in the NFL has changed. Basically, the teams make an offer, which is every bit of the money they can pay in terms of signing bonus and salaries. Now, for the very first time, the first 18 players, um, except Bosa, in this draft, all got contracts that were guaranteed for skill and injury. This had never really happened before. Uh, baseball contracts are guaranteed for skill, meaning if you get cut, you still get paid, meaning if you're injured, you still get paid if there are multiple years on the contract. But it's never been true for football. And now uh, those players in the first 18 were totally guaranteed for skill and injury. So they've made him an offer, which is totally guaranteed for four years. And then for players in the first round, the team has an option. So it seems to me the only points of contention are the payout of the signing bonus, how rapidly it comes to them. And my understanding is that at that point in the draft, you're probably talking about $16 million in signing bonus. So 
I, I suppose the team's taking the position they'd like to split that between now and, and maybe February of next year. The player wants it uh, all paid in the calendar year. And the other issue is sort of an obscure one. It's called offset. So what the player's saying is, look, if you cut me over the first four years, I want to be able to go sign with anybody. You're going to have to pay me my whole salary, and then I can add to that the salary from another team. And the team's saying, wait a minute, if we're paying you your salary, that should offset against the money that you get somewhere else. Um, the statistical chances of a first-round draft pick getting cut in the first four years are very, very slight. So this is probably a situation that never occurs at all, but that's what the dispute seems to uh, be about. How long, do you, in, how, how long do you think he could hold out for? He plays a position, um, unlike being a quarterback or unlike being an offensive lineman, that is uh, fairly simple. It's go rush the passer. <laughs> so um, <laughs> He probably doesn't need as extensive amount of uh, training camp as you would if you're um, you know, Jared Goff or Paxton Lynch trying to ma- uh, master a playbook or a, a first-round offensive lineman. Um, but still, training camp is uh, training camp. Here's what's interesting. For years and years until uh, 2011, rookies were generally late to training camp. Uh, there were acrimonious contract fights going around. Teams didn't even start negotiating until uh, late June or July. So by definition, players were at least going to be a few days late. With this new style of negotiating, essentially 95% of the rookies were signed by June. So it's eliminated holdouts. It's meant that these rookies are the best prepared ever because not only did they get the rookie minicamp, a lot of them got what are called OTAs. Uh, So Paxton Lynch got another month uh, uh, to work with the team, offense, players, coaches. It's like having a training camp before a training camp. Well, Bosa missed that. Uh, Again, I could suppose you could say, you know, he wasn't mastering much. He just needs to to get to the passer. But still... um, uh, preparations here. Fundamentally, we're just in the first couple of days of training camp, so this probably doesn't have any long-term effect. Lee, what's your opinion on why the NFL has has found itself in this situation compared to the NBA, where the NFL is dominant? It's not going to let a player dictate terms and conditions. Neither are the teams. Whereas the NBA is kind of you know set the standard of buckling when a player uh, fights back or or exercises something like this. There are really very, very tough rules in place for veterans who don't show up on their contract. So the negotiating dynamic out of the collective bargaining agreement favors the owners and favors teams and gives them tremendous power. (laughs) Again, the real picture is that the players are fundamentally all signed from this rookie class. This situation you're mentioning is just an outlier. But the truth of the matter is players in the NFL have never been able to win a strike. Um, And because of that, their collective bargaining agreement gives them fewer rights 
and less bargaining uh, leverage than you do in the other sports. So, for example, it's quite common in baseball and basketball for a good player to become a free agent. And in football, either the player has his contract redone before he ever gets to uh, the fourth year or the fifth year, or in a situation where the player might get free, and if he's critical, they use a franchise on him. They don't have that in the other sports. And the difference is just the collective bargaining power and strength. Um, Football players are very courageous on the field, but off the field they wouldn't be confused with the advance guard of the Bolshevik Workers' Party, you know, storming (laughs) the Kremlin for labor rights. Lee, how how long do you uh, do you see yourself staying in this game? Well, since uh, I had about five years uh, of an involuntary absence right. when I when I dealt with uh, <coughs> with uh, alcohol, um, I'm all excited. I could see doing this uh, for a long time. I've done 61 first round draft picks in football, and the very first uh, pick in the draft will eventually do baseball and uh, basketball, but it's exciting, and it still offers the opportunity to work with a young man, to get him to be a role model, to have him retrace his roots, again, to the high school, collegiate, and professional community. Um, And it's rewarding in the sense of getting an understanding of the greatest hopes and dreams of a a young man and then being able to help fulfill uh, that over time. Lee, how many hours a day do you work? Um, basically, all day and all night and every day. Um, <laughs> it's I, really glamorous. Yes, I spend, but let's define work. In other words, last Saturday I went to Denver training camp to uh, see Paxton Lynch and spend time with his family. You know, it was part of that work. You know, I hit golf balls with, uh, with uh, David Lynch, the dad, and and uh, and uh, Stacy Lynch, the mom, and uh, you know, hung out at the training camp. Um, so, um, but the other thing is trying to be a good father, and I have three kids um, that are a little more grown, but they still need their father. And uh, I picked a profession, whether it's writing a best-selling book or being involved in a sports movie or trying to work on an anti-bullying initiative that's got the things I like to do in it anyway. So, and, and I call it a job. Lee, uh, one last thing for me was, uh, should these guys be allowed to smoke pot, these NFL guys? Um, you know, it's a national issue. I mean, I was student body president of Berkeley, so I'm hardly <laughs> going to be real judgmental <laughs> on this point. Uh, I think the more interesting question is the effect of uh, cannabis on pain and a game that involves being a traffic accident on every play. Um, there are ways in which I think it'd be much better to have them use uh, marijuana for pain than to use the opioids and painkillers that many people get addicted to. And we've seen it's a national epidemic. And um, this game involves pain at levels that I'm sure the three of us could never withstand. <laughs> so um, I, I can barely get off the couch, Lee. 
<laughs> Joe's pretty tough, though, Lee. Don't let him fool you. But, you know, we're just screened off from it. It's a traffic accident going on out there with bodies slamming around. And so there's tremendous pain. Um, you can't expect the NFL to go into a state where it's illegal and uh, suggest they change their policy. But um, I think it's something that needs to be studied and looked at. Uh, one final question, Lee, on the way out. We're really hoping that we could get a promo from you, if that's possible. If you could sure. just say, hey, this is Lee Steinberg, and you're listening to the, Busted, or, uh, to the Milk the Clock podcast. It's milk, the, milk the pod? <laughs> milk, milk the clock. You know, like we're running out the clock. Oh, okay. Um, so you want me to say, this is Lee Steinberg. Uh, you're listening to Milk the Clock podcast. Got it. That was perfect. Nailed it. Lee, seriously, um, we appreciate it so much. You're an icon. Yeah, and, and oh, when is the Agent Academy? Uh, so the next one is the 20th of August at St. John's University in Queens in New York. And then <clears throat> we're still planning the one after that in Atlanta. We've done about 12 of them. And do the, do, do the students get to meet you? <laughs> I teach, so you, oh, uh, uh, Paul, that's that's even better. We'll so, be there um, exactly. So I, uh, <laughs> I have a younger super agent named Chris Cabot who teaches a little bit of it, and I teach most of it. And um, it's a really exhilarating experience, and the people who've done it have loved it. Tell the uh, listeners too about the book. Where can we get the book? Um, the agent's still selling. You can get it on uh, Amazon. Great. Ladies and gentlemen, Lee Steinberg. Lee, we it's, really appreciate the time, and uh, the insight was uh, amazing. Thank you. My, my pleasure. All right. Thank you, sir. Paul, that was uh, Lee Steinberg. He, uh, he, when you say it's over, he's off the phone. He is a busy guy, and... Uh, here we are, 17, almost 18 minutes later, Lee Steinberg just put in some work for Milk the, milk the Clock. I like Milk the Pot. <laughs> 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 he absolutely nailed the promo. Lee Steinberg, <laughs> the pro that he is. Yeah, totally. When you ask him a question, he rolls. He rolls on. He doesn't just give you two-word answers. He's a professional He's an absolute professional. He knows, he considers the question, and then he rolls it out. I love the way he just rolls it out there. Now, can you imagine being a 20, 21-year-old college football player, and you're like, that's my agent? That's the guy. Who else do I need to talk to? When he talks, you just sit there and listen, right? That's really it. That's really it. And on the flip side, can you imagine being a 21 to 23-year-old agent going up against lee steinberg uh and you can tell what he's saying he's saying that the younger agents they're trying to steal clients Mm -hmm. and he used to have the biggest names in the world as his clients and now he's starting over he had the uh the addiction with alcohol right and so now he he had paxton lynch what a great opportunity because paxton lynch is gonna be the starter right this year at some point Wow. Just a lot of, a lot of questions, you know, as you listen to how well, well spoken he is and obviously thoughtful, there's just so many questions. I mean, he's been around for 41 years doing this. Imagine all the things he's seen, the way the negotiations have changed, the way that 
the style of, of gameplay and various leagues that he's been involved with has changed. I mean, you've got to be fluid there. You can't just do what you're doing 40 years ago and stick around. You've got to constantly adapt. It sounds like he's just having fun doing it though. Yeah. It doesn't sound like it's much of a job anymore at this point, either you either at 67, either you have your money or you don't. I don't think it's about the money. No, I think he's just—he's great at it. I mean, he's, that was—that was awesome. It reminds me of my dad. He just wants to work. You know, your dad. Well, no, I, my dad will be sixty-one here in a few days, and he just wants to work. He—he he yeah. doesn't want to just sit around, and that's what it sounds like with Steinberg. You get out, you go to Denver, you go golfing with a client's father. You—you know—you do what you need to visit your clients, and uh, that ends up being work. Well, Which, so you either work all the time or then there's this notion that you work for 30, 35 years and then you're just retired and you don't do anything, right? Yeah, what, and that just sounds lame, doesn't it? We talked about that the other day on the CFL podcast. <laughs> you know, would you rather have that last, the last 15 years not be great and have a phenomenal 60-year lifespan as an NFL player, enjoy all those fruits? Or would you rather just work at the company for 35 years, let's call it Inatech, get that comfy 401k, retire? And then sit there for 30 years. I mean, it's your call. And obviously, he's made his choice. Yeah, Lee is in for uh, the long haul. It sounds like he's making up for lost time. Um, great to talk to him. That that was really neat. I really appreciate that. That really was cool. Um, we, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we got to end the show. I think that's enough. We I think that's about 30. So Lee Steinberg joined Milk the Clock podcast. We're we're busting out podcast after podcast, and uh, this is how we wanted it, Paul. Get the one, get the interviews that you didn't think you wanted to hear, but then when you hear them, you realize you needed to hear it. That's a that's our tagline for the t-shirts. That's that's it. Was that a little printed. was that a little wordy? It's, it might be a little wordy, but it's cute. You it, know, the ladies cute. will love it. I yeah. think it's charming. So, um, no, seriously though, when we started off talking about this podcast, this is what we wanted to do, and, and we're doing it. So, yeah. we'll just keep uh, keep lining up the guests. We've got a, a few guests on the hook. We're not going to name drop them now, no, but no, don't. Obviously, do that. You, you can see we've got some good stuff going on here. We want you guys to be a part of it. All right, Paul, let's wrap it up. That's it. Uh, another wrap it up, great, B. another great podcast, and uh, we're out. Boom. Um,